Hey NAI football fans, Corey Thorpe here with another edition of the NAI F-Ball podcast powered by AdCraft USA, your custom apparel, merch, and uniform experts. Our friends at AdCraft have been with us for many years now. They've run web stores for us multiple times. These guys are NAI fans and family who are experts in the apparel and merchandise world. AdCraft allows you to take the hassle out of ordering. Let their knowledgeable design and customer service staff handle everything from hosting the store online, shipping the product, and helping your customers so you can get back to the game. Find them online at adcraftusa.com. All right, NAI football fans, this is Corey Thorpe back with another edition of the NAI F-Ball podcast powered by AdCraft Sports. AdCraft Custom Apparel and Merch, since 1974, they've been your partner with the best merch that you can get anywhere. I see that they've they've got their, their Grandview merch up now and uh, looks pretty nice up there. But, again, you don't come to hear me rave about merch. You come for the coaches. Tonight, we've got Texas Wesleyan head coach Joe Prudhomme. Coach, how's it going tonight? Doing great. How about yourself, Lord? Hey, doing well. We're actually, believe it or not, we're in the 80s this week. In North Florida, we're in the 80s. I, I could not be happier about the weather. Yeah, we're 88 today, so it was crazy. I, so right now, we've got a lot of, of controlled burns going around, and, and so it wasn't a nice sunny 80, but uh, you know, I'd, I'd rather have controlled burns than the out-of-control kind any day. No doubt. With you on that. So, Coach, taking a look back over the schedule in, in 2022 and uh, I looked at and, and saw and um, have always been curious about how did that Global Classico game, how did that get put together? That was, that was such a, a fun game to be able to do. That was, it was really, really awesome. Um, we tried to do it back in 2020. That didn't quite work out because of COVID. And then we made a little run at it in 21 and we couldn't get everything lined up. You know, they said they could play in before they had to play the zero date. So I saw them at the uh, 22 AFCA. We talked about it again. Patrick Steenberg put us together with global uh, football and we talked about it. And, you know, Arizona Christian was very good to have that date. Let it flip, you know, from the global Classico to the second date. And it was just sounded so much fun to do an international game in Fort Worth, the first one of its kind. And it was a great cultural exchange between the two programs. And it was a lot of fun. They had a lot of great sponsors involved. You know, MBT, National Bank of Texas came in and sponsored it. Had a huge concert. That was great. Um, it was just a neat deal all the way around. And it was really great for the city of Fort Worth. But that's kind of how it you know, evolved. We, we talked. And when it didn't work out, we made another run at it. Didn't work out. Third time it did. Um, and then we got together and said, hey, let's do this. And, you know, ACU was kind enough to, to flip the schedule with us, and, and we were able to make it happen. You know, I, I know other sports, um, baseball, for example. We've got a couple teams in the NAI that are, that are in Canada. Um, do you see a, a potential to, for the NAI to go across either border, whether it be Mexico or Canada? You know, they could. It, I think that's a little off in the future at this point. Just because of the the logistics involved, the gravity, how much you got to move in football as far as travel expenses and travel, um, but it was it was a great experience for us. Onifa is down in uh, Canada. I mean, sorry, down in Mexico, and they have a great uh, league going on. 
Um, Canada would be, I would think, a little closer possibility as far as maybe coming in. But for us, Mexico makes better sense geographically. But, you know, who knows in the future? I think it'd be great. Of course, if you're talking Canada, it's not like in baseball where they play the same baseball that we do. Uh, you'd have to make sure they are actually playing American rules. Well, they did down in Mexico, so that was well, yeah, really good. It but, was all the same in Mexico, right? But for Canadian football, you have to make sure you're not a. Uh, you have to make sure <laughs> yeah. your goalposts are in the right spot. Yeah, yeah, and, and and who's in motion and who's not, and in what area? Yeah, you're exactly right. That might be a little a little tough for for doing it in Canada. Looking down through the schedule, I mean, you you got off to a really good start. You're scoring more than. Uh, 45 points in each year. Your first three ball games, uh, you get two two shutouts here, and then you host Ottawa. And I guess the good news is, is that you're five of five on field goals. But I know that you'd rather have have six and and not three in those. Yeah. Uh, did did you did you talk with your team afterwards about making sure that you're finishing drives and 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 doing that and getting six, not three? Yeah, and all ca- and all caps. Let's <laughs> just put it that way. It was in all caps. You got to capitalize when you're down there. And, you know, we could have possibly been a little bit more aggressive, but, you know, fourth and six and fourth and fives, you got to get points. Um, and we just didn't cash in at the right times. And even at the end of the game, we're still throwing the ball in the end zone. Um, the last, you know, three balls, you just got to complete one of those. And it was a, it was a situation that we got to grow up in and they understood that. And, but you got to cash in on the red zone. And that's been a real point of emphasis the rest of the year. But even in spring ball, there's certain things we're doing just out of that game alone that we want to fix and, and get better at. And, and then, you know, we, we keep going. Are, are folks going to stop overlooking Louisiana Christian at some point? Because by Jove, they are, they're the thorn in the side of everyone trying to lead the Sooner at this point. No, I totally agree. They're, they're good. They're well coached that, uh, their run game with the quarterback was very, very good. You know, we, in our game, not, I'm not going to make any excuses, but coming off the Langston, we beat them handily. Um, and they were, we were number 19, they were number 20. And our kids kind of had this impression we'd slayed a giant that we had never been able to, to really beat. We'd been close a few times, but we beat them. And then we go out to Louisiana Christian, and that's a very tough place to play. I mean, you're going to walk a good mile from where they have you dress to where you're on the field. And so it kind of nerves you a little bit as our first time there. I mean, we know how we'll attack it next time, but they played good football and they made some plays early and they got rolling. And, and I was very impressed with their game plan and their execution. We just didn't get it done. We didn't show up the way we needed to. And they gave us exactly what we deserved for not doing it. Um, but they they ran a fake, field, a fake punt early, scored on it. We've been blocking punts pretty regularly. We were a little over aggressive. One kid didn't do what he was supposed to do. They took advantage of it. Um, but they, the thing that impressed me about them is they were so patient with their offense. Five yards is great. You know, four yards is really good. Three and a half we're good with. And when you can do that and put it together consistently and then play good defense and really strong defense, you're going to win a lot of games. And, you know, I, I for one, will not uh, – not worry about. I mean, that'd be a point of emphasis for Louisiana Christian from now on. I mean, it, 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 they've bitten Langston the last couple of years. I I have no idea how people 
aren't doing it. And, and you know, I was thinking, you know, some schools paint their uh, visitors' locker rooms pink. Some, you know, just some just make you walk a mile to the stadium. <laughs> it's, it's no doubt about it. I, I, there's there's a certain um, I don't want to say voodoo because that's a little strong, but for <laughs> Louisiana, it kind of fits. You know, those yeah, dudes you when know. you go there, they play at a little different level. Um, the fans are really good and loud, and they just they come out a little different at home than they do on the road. Yeah, I mean, that's what I've been hearing when when asking. You know, we we um, we had a you know, folk, folks on earlier this year. I'm trying to look and see who it was. Jeff Bowen on, and he said the same thing. It was such a hard place to play. Um, so let's take a look at your team from a year ago and let's, let's see what we've, we've got coming back and, and what you got to do going forward. You return the most all conference players in the sooner. And that to me is a, uh, it's a good way to start the next year when you've got a lot of kids coming back that got accolades the year before. Um, especially for a team that, you know, on selection Sunday was, uh, you know, on the outside looking in a little bit and all the. All the rigmarole that came with the Sooner bid this year. I, I know y'all are probably looking to uh, win it out right next year, but let's take a look at your offense. You've got Carson Rogers coming back uh, under center. Uh, you do lose Dalton Dale there, but you've got a 1,300 basic, basically yard rusher in Ernie Caesar, who was uh, a weapon out of the backfield as well with four uh, receiving touchdowns. Jason Price, while not the leading receiver, is is going to be shifty as all get out with with four special teams touchdowns. You've got three all conference linemen returning, and Cam Chapman, who uh, I'm going to assume he's really good at blocking because he was all conference with 104 receiving yards. Talk to me about becoming even more explosive uh, and 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 efficient at that matter for a team that was really good offensively a year ago. You know, we, like you said, we got the experience back. We have four of the five starters back on the offensive line, and that's big. They all had, you know, 10 starts each, um, excuse me, 11 starts each. So they're they're all back with that experience. Um, Jason, A.J. Bob got hurt early. A.J. Bob is ever bit explosive as um, Jason Price. He got hurt against Waylon, had a hamstring. When he comes back, we're really expecting big things out of him. You know, Ernie played, there was like five games where he didn't play the fourth quarter. He could have very easily been another 300 yards. I mean, he could have been a 1,600-yard rusher. He averaged nine yards a carry. Uh, You know, we pulled him out of games because we had had a good lead. We didn't want to expose him. Uh, Cole Francis is going to really push Carson Rogers for the the pivot job there at quarterback. He's had an outstanding offseason already. Um, We redshirted him intentionally. He was very good when he came in and played. But we're looking to, you know, we recruited some really explosive kids. That's what we look for more than anything else. Whenever we're recruiting, it's all about how they run, their, how dynamic they are, what they can bring to the offense um, or defense, either one, whatever it is. But we want kids that can fly. And if you can't fly, then you better be really good at something else. Um, so I, I feel good about it. You know, we got some backs that are back. We got uh, Nick David West, who's going to be really good. We redshirted uh, Ashton Mitchell Johnson. He's right at 205 right now, and he looks great. He's a freshman. And Jakeem Patrick played in a couple games against Waylon. He played against Waylon, um, and I think it was uh, Sagu. He looked really good. Um, had a little injury with his ankle, so we went ahead and registered him. He came from Air Force Academy. So we feel good about who we have um, and where we're going. We had some, you know, Darren White's another hip tight end that we have who's really fast. He only played in a few games. Um, so we, 
you know, we feel good about it. Caleb McKinney's coming back as as a as a tight end as well, kind of one of those guys that can either be attached or not attached. So we have to build on it. We have to be more explosive. We got to be a little bit better in the red zone. But I feel good about where we are offensively. Yeah, and and I don't I don't blame you. Just looking at up and down the schedule, I mean, other than the losses, I don't. I, I think your lowest scoring output was thirty five points to Saga, who always trots out a really solid defense. So there's no there's there's no shame on that one. Uh, defensively, uh, you're bringing back three. Uh, really good folks on your your defensive line too. Uh, all sooner conference and Kobe Adams and Sir Hill. Jay Reed didn't make the cut, but was your leading tackler. Talk to me. You a lot of these guys uh, have a ton of force fumbles, interceptions, pass breakups. Talk to me about uh, you know kind of your next man up there where in your secondary where you're losing Chance Carroll and uh, Andres LaFrance. Yeah, we're losing those guys. We had Jabari Sanders, who played a lot as a nickel last year behind Bondries, did really well when he came in and played. He'll be a sophomore. You know, Jay Reed, I was shocked that he didn't get, you know, the All-Center Athletic Conference anything there. I was I was really surprised by that because Jay Reed, it, I put him up for the MVP because I thought he was the best football player because he was so different. He could play back deep. He could play up in the box. He could play on the edge. He could do a lot of things. He was just so dynamic. Um, and, and we got some guys coming. We have a graduate transfer, Arian Bott out of Missouri State, who we're really excited about. He's a really high academic kid, but he's an MBA, he's an MBA candidate. And he's also, he, he started two years there. So he's coming in to help the defense. He'll be an interior guy. He's coming off of ACL from a year and a half ago. I think he's going to be very dynamic. Uh, you know, we've got um, some guys coming at linebacker, Glory Lulu, who is a absolute athletic uh, Marvel. He's he can go. I mean, he is very very athletic. Can go. Can run. We kept him back to redshirt him. He gave our offense fits all year. They couldn't block him. Um, he could get where he wanted. He'll help us at linebacker. We have sincere uh, coming back on at one of the corner spots. He's going to really help us. He's a big six three corner. Uh, so we feel good about him as well. We got uh, Eccles who's coming back. As a uh, corner flash, he could e- even play some safety. He's a really, really athletic kid. Um, he's out of Klein. I'm sorry, out of um, out of Houston, Katie. He's got a chance to be really good for us. There's a lot of kids that could fly on, on defense. It's just a matter of getting the chemistry right. Um, Eli Chambers is coming back to compete on defense as well as a linebacker spot. You know, we feel good about our, our defense overall. I mean, we feel... It's going to be young. We, we lost some really experienced kids, but everybody is dynamic. Everybody knows the system to a certain degree, and we just got to get really solidified at corner, we think, um, and the rest of I think the chips will fall into place. We had a great recruiting class. There can be some kids that are freshmen that are going to come in and play possibly, and that's happened every year for us. So I think there's going to be some guys come in and play on defense, but there's going to be some guys come in and play on special teams, and our special teams were really dynamite last year. I mean, you had a, a kid, you know, have four special teams touchdowns, two off a kickoff return, two off a punt return. That's – I haven't seen anybody do better than that in, in reviewing. That's that's almost got to lead the nation um, yeah. on that. And, and I will say this about the Sooner. You're always going to have offense, you know, whether it's going to be y'all, whether it's going to be Ottawa, um, you know, uh, Arizona Christian, Langston. All, all of them can put up – 
great numbers. It's going to be who can play the most consistent defense that's going to that's going to really get it done in the sooner. Yeah, no, I totally agree. And but I do believe the special teams has kind of separated us from some people. I mean, against Langston, we took the opening kickoff back for a touchdown. I mean, we hit a, one of our two point plays, and I think we led the nation in two point conversions. We had twelve of them. Um, we blocked twelve punts. So that's something that we really hang our hat on is if you're on special teams, you're a dude. If you're not on special teams, you're trying to get on special teams. Starters, it doesn't matter who you are. We kind of were, were very fortunate in creating that identity. And Price was, you know, he was actually a backup to A.J. Bob. A.J. Bob was our returner. And then Bob was, you know, had a little injury problem early. Jay Price came in and, man, he just turned it up. And so those guys, they openly compete. But, you know, I think the I think special teams is so overlooked in a lot of ways. Um, but, man, just to get those two-point plays, get those returns. And you're right, he did lead the nation. The 12-point conversion, two-point conversions led the nation. Um, I, I, I would imagine the 12 block punts had to be up in the top three or four. So those are game-changing plays. And But you're right, the defense is going to really dictate, you know, who's going to control the center. And, and you look at, at some of the, the greats, um, even outside of the NAI, that, that I can think of off the top of my head that, that really emphasize special teams and had their dudes playing special teams. The two that come to mind right off the top of my head are Bobby Bowden and um, my mind just blanked, Virginia Tech, uh, Beamer, Frank Beamer. Beamer, yeah. You know, and, and yeah. they were and, all about blocking them. Well, you create opportunities and you just change the whole momentum of the game. I mean, everybody likes to get the ebb and flow. Okay, you punt it to us, we'll catch it, we'll fair catch, or we'll get a little, you know, whatever, and then now we're going to take turns possessing the ball. I think it's really important, not only from a tactical but from a psychological point of view, that you have to block or we're going to block that punt. You're going to have to, you know, be lined up for a two-point play. You're going to have to do X, Y, Z, or we could be taking advantage of. That gets you a little bit on edge. And then whenever you capitalize, even though they're waiting on it, it just kind of gives you a good, you know, advantage at times. And so many people don't take, you know, they don't take that and, and, and use it to their advantage. So... No, you're right. I mean, you're right. Bobby Bowden and Beamer are freaking off the chain on that deal. So looking at your schedule for 2023, I think this is the first time I've been able to do this for for anybody. We're getting into that schedule season. Um, Y'all are going to have to start fast next year. Y'all got a couple of games (laughs) in your your first four that probably have you, uh, oh, man, opening against Ottawa of Arizona at home, man. That's got to – there's there's good things and there's there's bad things about opening up against a really good opponent. One, it it does increase your stress level a little bit, but two, um, boy, it focuses your kids like nothing else. Yeah, no doubt. I mean, that's the thing is you better come out of the box, and that's what we've been talking about ever since you know the schedule came out and and the sooner handed us that conference schedule. I looked at it like you're kidding, right? I mean, we're opening with Ottawa. Um, you know, of course, they do, a, they do a draw, and they put all the numbers in. It's supposed to be a blind, random deal, and I'm sure it is. But I was like, man, somebody's got a really wicked sense of humor to put us <laughs> with those dudes right off the bat. And, you know, that's that's the one team in the conference we have not been able to beat, you know, in, in our five years of existence. So that is something that we have to overcome. Uh, and then you're right, man. Three games later, we're playing St. Thomas out of Florida, and – that's they're they're outstanding. I mean, you talk about a great football team. So if we don't get out of the gate quick, yeah. church. 
you know, I mean, we, I mean, we'll play out and everything that we got to do, but we have to be ready early. And, and, you know, we have so much respect for, you know, coach Nesbitt, what he does at Ottawa and what's going on at St. Thomas. And, you know, we felt like St. Thomas and myself both felt like on set on selection Sunday that, you know, the party wasn't quite as full as it should have been. I'll just go with that. Um, so we decided he, he contacted me. Hey, you want to play? I said, sure. He goes, one of us got to make a push. And I said, let's go for it. And, and we went from there. And, and I think that's fair that they were a great football team. We felt like we were a really, you know, good football team was a little underrated, maybe really underrated. Who knows? But yeah, we don't come out of the gate, man. It's going to be, it's going to be a short season as far as that's concerned, but man, I couldn't believe that when I saw that. Well, coach, you, you mentioned St. Thomas and, 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 and I might start feeling sorry for them at some point. Cause we talked to, uh, Folks over at Carroll last week talked to Coach Purcell, and they're going up to they're going up to Carroll too. They're they are uh, they're going to have a whale of a schedule next year. But uh, you know, one thing that that is common between I think both schools, whether it's St. Thomas or or Texas Wesleyan, is the backing of of the athletics department and the and the school as a whole. Talking to to other people around. The, the sooner um, we bring up Texas Wesleyan and, and the first thing that comes out of their mouth is, is winners um, and, and trying to be a champion at, at everything that, that y'all do, even if it's what is it, ping pong. Yeah. I mean, you're, you're politically incorrect. So I have to say table tennis just so I can okay, say it straight, but no, I'm with you. It's ping pong, but they are <laughs> really, really good. Our women's basketball team, just one conference, our men's basketball teams won a couple of national titles. Everybody's been really, really good. You know, the last two years, we've been able to kind of, you know, get back in the fold with them. Before then, so we were so young, we just weren't very good, and we felt like we were at the back of the room. But, you know, we're back up to the front of the room, and, and we're proud of that. But bringing the stadium in, man, that's going to change everything for us. Being able to be on campus, because right now, you know, Corey, we, we – we, we're on the road for practicing games. I bet we're the only conference champion in the nation who went and, and carpooled to every practice and every game. <laughs> Thinking about it, you may be right. I can't think of anyone else off the top of my head. But, yeah, I mean, it, there is I, – I mean, you look at Miami, uh, and Miami has to drive – to their their stadium and you see how empty their stadium is. I mean, I think it's it's great for your students. It's great for your your fans to be able to get that on-campus experience and it it allows you to be a little bit more at home. No, no question, but I mean, even for the practice side of things, when you're out renting and you're at the mercy of other people and then they say, "Hey, we got a junior high semifinal playoff game tonight. You guys got to get off an hour early." That conversation goes south pretty quick. You know, when you're going to play Langston or you're going to go play Ottawa or whoever, and you're like, uh, yeah. So then you got to pivot. you got to go find somewhere else to practice. There's three city stadiums we use, so that's fine. But that's hard to digest as you're trying. And you're, and you're not in the flow of, hey, let's walk over here to practice and go do our thing or whatever. I mean, being off-site for games, that's not a problem. But being off-site for practice, that's – that's tough because you got labs, you got all kinds of things kids are doing that they can kind of take away from it. So just having that on campus is going to just 
change everything for us. Talk- and, and your student life is going to be so much better. You talked about the the trouble with football earlier about having to to lug all the equipment around. Good lord, you got to get all your equipment up, take it to another stadium, unpack it, get it repacked up. Yeah, that's that's no bueno. I I'm glad no. y'all are getting a new one. No, we're great at logistics though. We can we can move <laughs> at a moment's notice, and we kind of laughed about it. You know, kind of early on in the early days, we talked about well, you know, if nothing else, we can all go into moving. We can go into logistics. We can go into problem solving. We can go into resources unlimited and how to maximize. And you know, those conversations kind of keep you going when times are dark. So we've gotten better. So it's. It's now in our back, in our rearview mirror. We hope. Well, Coach, one thing that we know for certain is is if you're not improving, um, you know, every every day, every every week, every month, you're you're falling behind. It's it it is definitely a, a treadmill, and it doesn't matter what avenue it is. That's just sort of the way life is. So, no uh, so what area of your program, whether it be on the field or or off the field, are you really looking to to focus on and improve in twenty three? Small details, the very small details that you think are so insignificant. Everything we're doing right now is about your routine and about your your small details. If your routine is not matched up with success, if you are not getting out of the bed ready to go and taking care of everything proactively, academics, number one, but also the way you're taking care of yourself, the way you're coming to practice, the way you come in and perform for workouts, for study hall, for whatever it is, you're going to fall behind and we're just not going to tolerate it. So the small details are everything to us at this point. We got to improve on the field in the, in the last four minutes of the half and the first four minutes of the second half. Those we call it the dominate eight. We have to do that. That's something that has to happen. We have to be better in the red zone, but all the small details and attention to that will lead to bigger results. We have now, we have a, a real structure in place where we feel good about play real uh, complimentary football now we play a defense that you know gets us off the field creates turnovers we got an offense that can you know we have ball control going on we put a lot of points up we have special teams creating opportunities so all that has now gotten more complimentary so now all those small details that players and coaches can take care of before they ever get to the facility ever get to the complex ever get to the classroom get that done ahead of time we're done with thought I did it or or I should have done it or I'm behind. And I think by getting that mindset now, we've already seen an improvement in our in our players and in just the way they're executing at this point. They now expect to be, you know, to do well. It's not hope, it's it's expe- expectation. So I, I feel good about that. That is that's a big move in mindset to be able to to do that and when you expect things to be done the right way in a championship manner. That's that's what's going to happen. I mean, championship mindsets beget championship mindsets. So we are, uh, you know, thank you for coming on the uh, NAIF Ball podcast tonight. It's always a pleasure to chat with you. And, man, I, I know it's, it's, it's late February, and, and I should be happy with you know, the flag football that I'm getting, but I'm, <laughs> I, I'm, I'm still ready for fall. Yeah, yeah. Well, I've got, you know, I've got two guys that coached for me last year that are in XFL coaching now. So, oh, nice. you know, I, I get to kind of watch that a little bit. But, uh, no, I'm, I am I can't wait. I cannot wait for this coming year. I cannot wait. Well, I can kind of wait for Ottawa a little bit because that's always, you know, a little bit stressful. 
but it'll be fun to have our guys ready. The processes are better in place. The leadership, the culture is better now, and it's more uh, mature, I guess, because we just now graduated a lot of guys who were with us as original guys through the COVID times. It, there's just so much, I mean, positive going the right direction. And, you know, we've got a new president coming, so we'll see how that turns out. But i got to believe anybody would want to come be president here to finish off the building of the program and a lot of the great things going on in Fort Worth. And I'm with you, Corbin. I mean, I cannot wait to strap up, see what we have, and let's get on to the next one. Because I think this coming year is going to be really exciting. We hope you enjoyed this episode of the NAIF Ball Podcast presented by AdCraft USA. Be sure to contact them for all your custom apparel, merch, and uniform needs. If you enjoy the show, subscribe to the podcast as well as to our YouTube channel. Leave us a review if you're listening on Apple Podcasts. As always, if you'd like to support what we do, head over to patreon.com slash N-A-I-A-F-B-A-L-L and become a patron. We can't do what we do without our sponsors and listeners like you.